This podcast is powered by The Plug. We're back again for season two of Beers, Bourbon, and Whiskey. I got my man Bo in the building. I say. And of course, man, your boy Q Lewis is holding it down live from the 48205. Look, man, we are back for the second season. And starting off from where we ended off last season, uh, we're, we're with some black distillers, all right? Uh, I'm kind of excited about this one. This is even more exciting, honestly, than, uh, than Uncle Nears, only because these are some, some living <laughs> black uh distillers and this is a uh, bro is it bro yeah bro yeah okay i gotta i gotta say it right we're gonna cut that and edit that so we're looking at bro brothers all right uh the bro brothers we're gonna get into some background on exactly who they are and why it's so important but i'm just excited because we're in season two um season one went so well i'm glad that everyone had a chance to check that out um in case you haven't checked out season one make sure that you do go to our youtube channel and subscribe, all right? So you can see uh, season one, which is eight, uh, eight episodes ending off with uh, Uncle Nears, and which is actually our favorite one. Um, this may become one of our favorite ones too. So um, I'm gonna let Bo give you guys a little bit of background and we're gonna chime in back and forth about who the bro, uh, the bro brothers, why is it so hard to say that? <laughs> the bro brothers are and why it's important to us. And then what's also exciting about this is that this is gonna be both of our first times ever having this, uh, this brand. So. I'm kind of excited about that. So, Bo, um, I know you kind of you hit me you hit me to it before, um, and I actually I think I seen one, and this is something we're going to talk about too. I seen one story uh, about these black distillers, um, but just hit the people to like how you got into it. Yeah, so I was checking out a Black Bourbon Society, right? Just kind of mm -hmm. scrolling down the IG, you know, seeing if there was any you know new drink, new bourbon, whatever to try, you know. Right. I just saw this, you know, it caught my eye, obviously, you know, and I was reading some of the comments and whatnot. It's just three brothers, you know, Louisville, Kentucky, you know, born and bred. Yeah. And just got, got together and, hey, not only, like, bottle our own, you know, bourbon, but, like, own the distillery and, you know, processes. Yo, how, how dope is that, though? Man. Owning the distillery. Yeah, you know, you control your own supply chain and all that stuff, right? So that's dope. We talked about this so much in season one, and that's just the, the longevity of liquor companies and people who distill. Like, this is going to be the start of, I mean, this could be generational or should be generational wealth. It definitely, yeah. yeah. It definitely should be, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and even if, like, let's say, their descendants or whoever they leave it mm -hmm. to don't want to run it or whatnot, right. you know, they can kind of be that side of the party. You know, you have to sustain your family forever. For yeah. plenty of generations. And this, yeah. I, I think that's the most thing that excites me about it because that was one of my issues with so much of the, the liquor or so much of the bourbons that we were trying last season was just looking at how how far back this money was coming. Like, we're talking about centuries, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> centuries. I mean, think about that shit for a minute. You're talking about centuries of, of wealth. This is something that something that we haven't seen. And, I, and, and I'm hopeful, and not to get sidetracked, but I'm hopeful that this same kind of thing happens uh, in, the, in the cannabis industry. This is completely off subject, but I'm just hoping that it, it goes that way because I think this is a chance for us to kind of change our, our stature in, in capitalism because 
no matter how upset you are, especially with uh, being quarantined and this whole COVID-19 thing, no matter how upset you are with uh, capitalism, it's it's a part of life. So oh, yeah. I think at this point, we just got to we gotta get our stake into it and try to make something happen. I think, and these dudes, man, they definitely own that. Now, are they, they are all brothers or? Yeah, they're, they're all okay. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. They're, they're Yarborough brothers, I believe is the yeah. full name, but they okay. shortened it, obviously. Yeah. No, that's kind of dope, though. And this, and this is in Kentucky, and I have to say that Kentucky isn't, like, all the way down south, but it is still... It is still down south, so I think this is a is, is a major thing for them. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much, and, and this is something because I, I did reach out to them on uh, social media, so I'm I'm going to try to keep that communication going. But um, I am curious how much red tape they initially had to go through to even get this accomplished. I I would figure that this is years in the making. Yeah, yeah, yeah it will have to be. I think the, the one thing they probably had going for them is you know the state of Kentucky, you know is. State of Kentucky, right? <laughs> right. But Louisville is a pretty dope set. A little, pretty, a little more progressive. progressive one, gotcha. right? yeah, it's almost like it's just like Kentucky and then Louisville. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, they might have had some help locally too. Yeah. Locally, you know what I mean? For just sure. Kind of uh, celebrate that a bit. But, yeah. yeah, man. Looking forward to it. I've never had it before. I know. Before. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. Yeah, real. I'm, I'm real curious, yeah. man. And right, and right now we we are broadcasting from Michigan, so we were lucky enough to get a bottle. Um, shout out to the Bro Brothers, man, for getting uh, making this possible. Um, but also, we'll be even more excited when it's uh, readily available in the Michigan area. <laughs> you know, so we don't have to uh, we don't have to barter our way to uh, to bottles. Uh, hopefully, you guys are watching this, and we can connect later. But um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, and, and this is something I didn't look at, and I'm I'm not sure if you check this out. So. Uh, with what they're actually producing now, are they producing any anything else in that distillery? I think it's just bourbon. I could just be bourbon. wrong. Okay. I think it's just bourbon for okay. now, right? Yeah. And, and and then you're gonna fight that battle too, right? So you know, if it's in Kentucky or out of Kentucky, this and that, it's a bourbon. Right, it's a bourbon, it's a whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you, know, you can go back and forth forever. Right, that, right, for sure. Yeah, so I'm excited about it. Though. I'm hopeful that uh, I'm hopeful that I'm not disappointed. Because to be honest, we we've drunk a lot a lot of whiskeys and bourbons and, and and there have been a few that I haven't been so uh, so excited about but and, and I'm gonna keep it real with you like I'm excited that that these are you know three brothers literally uh, that, that have the distillery but at the same time you can you can count on us to keep it real with you like if it's trash like I'm gonna say it's trash like I'm not gonna hold you up I'm gonna always get them love for starting it up and you know going through all the red tape and everything to get this accomplished but at the end of the day I'm gonna let you know what it is. If it's, if it's trash, it's trash. I'm hoping that it's not. I'm hoping it's not done. But we're gonna hey, get to, <laughs> Oh man, not to tell you. You know what? By the time this airs, I'm not sure how old that'll be, but uh <laughs> if you guys see the Teddy Riley and Babyface, uh the initial attempt at a battle that was very, very bad. Too much, too much, uh too much showtime for Teddy Riley to turn into a little bit of a diva. But anyway, we're not gonna get into that though. We're gonna talk about some other stuff. Now, um, just to kind of segue into what we actually want to talk about today and just piggybacking off of, you know, the things that they had to go through to get, you know, this whiskey and the distillery itself. I mean, cause I think that's a major thing. Like they had to actually get the facility. Like having a product is is completely separate from having a facility. Yeah, like, cause, cause you, you got control. Taxes, you deal with, yeah. you know, Closures, you know, uh, closure fees, all kinds of, 
you know, miscellaneous stuff, not just, you know, rent, leasing, or, or, or exactly. for that, that, that building, right? Right, exactly. All other kind of fees that come to play that we you know, find out with some things about, too. Exactly. Know? Yeah. It, it makes it tough. Yeah, so, I and that's that's what I was wondering, like, with, with so much going on, and, and possibly you said they may have had some outside help, but with all that going on, and then, on top of that, man, this is the inevitable uh, question is how do you do those things when you black, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm serious though, and th these are things that we don't normally talk about, just like just like how we don't talk about mental health in the black uh, community. It's just like, it's some things that are just unspoken, which at this point, they really need to be spoken about. We talked so much about, uh, about ownership and leaving a legacy in the last season. And I think it's, it's always important to go back to that because I don't think we have enough conversations like that um, you know, with, with our children or our nieces and nephews, and like I don't, I don't want to, like I don't want to keep it, uh, like I don't want to make it sexist or nothing. But I have to be honest, I probably am going to focus this more towards uh, black males, only because I, I think that we need to become more of a cornerstone of our community. So I think at the, earlier on we need to address things like what do you really see ownership as being and then also where do you see your mental health being and like and just asking you like this is kind of switching gears a little bit too um with the military background wh where do you where do you see or I, I maybe i ask it this way um did you see mental uh health as important before the military as you did after no yeah. um just, <laughs> <laughs> just off real <laughs> like no <laughs> right. you know before that man it's you know, you hit your hand in your business, right? You know, right. you're feeling bad, you're depressed, man. <laughs> Get over it. No, <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, spend some time in the military, you do some things and you see some things and whatever, and uh, meet a lot of people that have done worse things and then seen worse things. Yeah. And then definitely. you realize, like, no, nah, man, this shit ain't no game. This shit, this shit real. <laughs> right, this shit real, yeah. Like, yeah, you know. It, it, Homeboy Dale, um, he, he was mentioning about how you know, all the shit that you have to deal with, like, he, he honestly said that it's scarier knowing, I won't even say scarier, but it's just more in your mind of having to kill somebody else rather than, you know, you being afraid of your own, for your own life. Now, I'm just thinking about with, with that being said, and him obviously, and just like you, growing up on the east side of Detroit, and then just kind of equating that to being overseas in them situations, or not even overseas, just in, in that kind of environment, and uh, you know, dealing with that type of shit on, on the back end. So what I'm curious is, cause like, you know, not just the east side of Detroit, but any other urban place, it's like, it's a stigma to, to be like soft, to talk about your feelings. So I was wondering and shit, cause I know we mentioned before about, you know, which was, uh, which was worse, but like, how did you overcome that stigma of feeling like talking about your emotions or talking about your, your mental health was like something soft? Like, how did you get past it? Couple of th different things, man. One is like you realize at a certain point where this shit is it's not really healthy for me, right? right. And, and like you almost, you know, like you know, with alcoholics and, and you know uh, people that are addicted to drugs and whatnot, they pretty much got to hit rock bottom before they decide to change, right? Yeah. And you get to a place mentally, emotionally, whatever, where you just like, okay, look, this shit ain't cool. Man. <laughs> right, I got to fix it. Like this, you know? Exactly. I mean? yeah. yeah. And so it. You know, nobody, you don't want to show weakness, you know, right. you know about your home, well, all that good shit, you know, it, it ain't really about that, man, it's just, life's about balance, you know, you can't have too much of one thing and, 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 and not enough of another, you know, no doubt. so you got to figure out that right balance for you, man, you know, it may not be going to a therapist, you know, right. it may be 
taking your motherfucking dog for a walk, whatever it is to give you that escape. Exactly. You know, yeah. just to clear your mind, get back to your right self, and, and you know, go about your life, man. Yeah, you know? I know I, I always talk about this, like, <laughs> even with, with, like, everybody, just the importance, I feel like, of, of having therapy. Now, I've never actually had therapy, but I do, I do want to. And I'm just trying to at least get people to the point where they would at least look into that as a, you know, as an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, just like how you kind of said, um, that may not be your option. But I think as long as you get to that point where you do understand that there is something going on with your mental health, I think just the acknowledgement of that is going to get you just like going in the right direction. Because a lot of times you don't seek help because you honestly don't think you need it. Exactly. <laughs> And like, and I just feel like, and I know probably uh, others probably hate when we say this, but in real life, I feel like being born black kind of, you, you already need, you already need counseling. You already need therapy, just, just growing up in certain, in certain situations, I say. But, uh, and, and you know, what? I won't even say that because I, I do like, so we in a, we in a point now where um, some of the latter generation has been able to come up in an environment that wasn't wasn't like ours, which means that uh, a lot of us did something a little bit better to make those situations better for ourselves and our, our offsprings. But I think even in that capacity though, I feel like they still need therapy. And this is this is why. Not because like you you've seen like some horrible shit that you that and this this is probably gonna sound absolutely crazy. But not the fact that you've seen some horrific things in your life that you shouldn't have, but the fact that you haven't. Now, see, this is why this don't make sense, probably. But for us, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fine line. If you live outside of the city limits, I'll use Detroit as an example, but you got cousins that live inside the city. If, you, if you've never seen or at least know what, what's happening in his side of town, then I think that that, that also kind of leaves you uh, in, a, in a mental capacity that's not really inducive of something like completely real, I guess I would say. Right, okay. So. Uh, with the, with all that being said, I just think that because of that, everybody everybody needs counseling, no matter where you're coming from. I do think that there's probably more of a chance of people inside the city having PTSD, which is like a specific, uh, you know, mental concern. I think that's probably like reality, but I think it's still some therapy of some sort to kind of to kind of figure out like where you are in things. And this is this is crazy, and this is kind of off the subject, but. Kind of about that. I was talking to one of my brothers the other day, and we was talking about a friend, a friend from my childhood, and we was just talking about like looking at situations where it took us like this long to really understand that he was one of them cats who never found his own identity. Mm-hmm. Like I never noticed it though. Mm-hmm. But then we was talking about some stuff, and like, hey, you know, I used to do this, but like, really, you got that from you? Like, so people like it's really some people out here that don't know who they are mm-hmm. and that's that's part of your mental situation there too because if you if you don't know who you are you start allowing situations and other people to define who you are mm-hmm. and that's certainly not healthy it, it, yeah it, it, it definitely depends on what type of person you are right so you know we yeah. talk about ptsd and you know, all that type of stuff yeah post-traumatic stress you know uh, disorder right mm-hmm. so you don't have to go through you know, a war or whatever, you know, it is to have PTSD. Right. If it's, if it's like tragic to you, you know, if it causes you stressors or whatnot, then obviously you go see people, you get a diagnosis and whatever. Exactly. But, you know, it's not defined to be one thing. You know what I mean? It could be a right. number of different things. You know, it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be a bunch of different things. A whole bunch yeah, of yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I have seen a therapist. I do see a therapist, mm-hmm. you know. You talk about all kinds of shit, right? Yeah. Because you keep you grounded, though, you know. 
it, uh, again, going back to balance, right? And, and it, it also helps me where when I become overconfident about certain things, you know, okay. and what I mean by that is, you know, whether it's a relationship or it's work or something, you know, and I, I think I can do no wrong, you know, it's kind of like that self-check. <laughs> yeah, you know, self-check. You, you know, bring back to, to the world a little bit, you know, right. and uh, you kind of analyze things wrong, you think about it, and then you adjust, but like, whatever stresses there are, man, like, and if you don't want to go see somebody, talk to somebody, you know, find an outlet just to, to remove yourself away from that. Exactly. You know, five, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. You yeah. Know? Definitely, I, I, I certainly agree with that, dog. And that's just, I, I think these are, are conversations that's important to have. And probably, uh, I'm guessing, conversation that were had by these three brothers who uh, we get ready to break into this bottle right now and check I'm out their. Right, <laughs> right. We're going to see how this goes. I'm looking a little light this month, you know, floating. Hey, we're going to go ahead and make this burger. <laughs> right. For sure. So we're going to tap into it right now and see what they're talking about real quick. We'll uh, bless the bottle <laughs> like we always do. Again, I say this in every episode, uh, that is a hood myth, so I'm pretty sure that it doesn't actually stop anyone from getting sick, but we still do it because black people do Black people do a whole lot of stuff we should be doing. <laughs> Let's see if we get that popped off. Man, did you hear that? <laughs> like it's aged, uh, right, perfect. Oh, well, you know what? So I can try to, see, Bo always do this a whole lot better. You always know what it's gonna taste like just by smelling it. So we gonna see. I think, I'm just gonna see. I think it's a little, I think it's a little lighter than Uncle Nears. Not as sweet though. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's gonna have that kind of, that similar taste, but a, probably a little bit less sweet. That's what I'm thinking. Got a little legs running down. It does, yeah. And you know what? This is funny because I know Angry Principal mentioned this last uh, last season. I did this with another one, and it had legs, but it was kind of like they look different. They almost look like circles, almost. Like this stuff really, it really works that way. I had no idea. I'm digging, I'm digging. Uh, yeah. The nose is pretty deep. Yeah. All right. So what you say before you before you steal the swig? I don't think it's gonna be real. I don't think it's gonna be real, like you know, strong. I think it's gonna right. be kind of mellow. Yep. Maybe some uh some some like woody notes, you know, like that. Maybe like a hint, maybe of uh Word. some spice, you know, maybe a little bit floral. You know. Word. Yeah. All right, we disagree on that. But I'm thinking more fruity. Yeah, I'm thinking more fruity. Yeah, see, I get a little, I get a little spice. Get a little caramel, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little oaky. And it, 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 I hate I hate that. But I hate when I hate when I'm not thinking about it. But then when you say it, mm-hmm. then I taste it. Yeah, I hate yeah, that. that. There's just a little floral with the finish too. I think you know. So I wouldn't say it's sweet. I wouldn't say it's fruity. I'll say it's nice, mellow. It's kind of a more of a smoky caramel kind of taste for me. Yeah. You know, you know where it, what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. Um, Four Roses. Like just yeah, a, a little, little bit. bit. The single barrel. Though. The single barrel, yeah, like a little bit. So yeah, not a, not a lot of bite, which is good because uh, sometimes I, you know, I think we joked about this on last season. I, I have a softer palate, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So this one, I think it's it's definitely a lot smoother. And I t- I will tell you this: we we may uh, do uh, wood for reserve later on in the uh, in the season, but um, I would def- I would take this over Woodford. Only yeah, because, because so. it's lighter. Like, yes, I have a soft palate sometimes. <laughs> right? I admit to that. 
But yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is yeah, this is nice though. Yeah. All right, so uh, right, so the Bro Brothers, man, y'all got a, you got our blessing on this one. I was I was concerned because I, I didn't want to. I was gonna keep it real. If it was trash, I was definitely gonna say it. But now this is definitely uh some good quality here. Yeah. Um, I wonder now, did it say? Cause I, I looked through the through the website. Um, you know what, guys, let's keep it hundred. I, uh, the the website could probably be a little bit better. <laughs> I'll just say if you. To be, to be fair though, their Instagram is straight. Oh yeah, Instagram. Dope. So yeah, I, I, Dope. you can tell that they they marketing strategy is via social media. That that I can yeah, definitely say. Yeah. So yeah, that's something obvious there. The website left a little bit to be desired, but at the end of the day though, I think that we in a day and age where a lot of people go to social media before they go exactly. to a website. Fucking with the website, yeah. Want to get more information. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's so, all, yeah. but it does work because like the the uh, especially the Instagram is is got. Cause I didn't check out the Facebook page. No, I, I, I really don't look at a lot of Facebook pages, but uh, the Instagram page was definitely dope because not yeah. only did it show the product, but it showed people enjoying the product, yeah. which I think is, and is a lot kind of black of dope. people enjoying the product. I know, right? Yeah. I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah, it might as well. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, this, this is this is really nice right yeah. here. But just I going, let my cigar go out. Man. Right. <laughs> now just going back to uh, what we was talking about. This this is really good. Though. Yeah, it is. I like the I like the way it, it, you get that last little uh, that last little taste, and then it kind of evaporate. So that's dope. But before I get back to what I was gonna say, I, I do wonder because I was looking through some of the information, and I, I don't recall seeing it. But I wonder where they where they learn this whole process from like i wonder who taught them hey, you know who knows you know yeah, i know right you, you go to check out the black bourbon society you mm -hmm. know his cats on there all the time about a little act start at home kids yeah. and they, they might get start like that yeah. you, know, you never know how they get, you can get started i'm curious so that's definitely like if you're watching this uh replay right now anybody who uh even if it's a representative from uh bro brothers themselves which would be actually dope but anybody who has that information make sure that you do drop it below uh, in the YouTube comments, we would like to know like where did they learn this process, and hopefully maybe we can even get them on a Zoom, uh, you know, on a on a Zoom conference one of these yeah, days, and we can have them on. Yeah, for sure. Minute, you know? That's something we might try later on in the season. Yeah, we go do that. But um, just going uh, going back though to what we were talking about before, I think getting over the uh, getting over that whole stigma of like understanding what your you know what your mental capacity is once you get over that stigma i think so much so much would be would be better but at the same time this is the the scary thing about our community like we know how important it is for your physical health like we know that like you see it is concrete evidence and we still don't take that as serious so how we ever go get to the point where we really take our mental health serious I think first, it, 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 we have to start with in a place or at a place where you got to be honest with yourself first, right? Right. You know, because you know we talk about therapy and want to talk to folks, but you got to be prepared for that. You know, you just don't show up, yeah. talk to somebody, and you get better. You know, you, there's got to be a plan, strategy behind it, whatnot. Because um, you got to be ready to, to face some truths about yourself when you go to therapy. You know, because sure. there's going to be some things that you know we. Oh, I'm not like that. That's not me. And then, you know, after pulling back the legs down, oh, yeah. That's absolutely me. Absolutely. That's why people ain't ready to handle that shit. You yeah, know what I mean? That's no why they don't do it. Yeah. That shit can be scary, man. So you got to be in a place mentally, or before you even seek to get mental health, right? To, yeah. to really be accepting of it and, and, and to have a strategy to use it in your everyday life. Now, that's, that's funny that you even explained it that way, because, like, by saying it like that, that could, that could kind of bust that myth of, 
of how you know understanding your mental capacity is weak because at the end of the day really you gotta you gotta be like you gotta be tough in order to do that you so it's nice. certainly not a weak thing no 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 yeah for sure there's gonna be some things that come out you know like i said you ain't gonna like it you know <laughs> right and, and that therapist is gonna push you to talk about that shit and push yeah. you and push you right and they're not gonna put you to a place where you might be a danger to yourself you know right, they're right. gonna stop before you get there but it's gonna be some truth for you out there. You know what I mean? You know, let me let me ask you this, and because I know me and uh, like publicly, me and Angry Man always had this argument uh, on our uh, other show about the importance of uh, about the importance of therapy. Because he like he just not with the shits. Like he don't want to do it at all. And he says because everything is being documented and shit. Like he just he just weird like that, right? But I, at the same time, I do I understand, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I understand that concern. Yeah. But then, I, then he, we always talk about how you know having conversations with other people can kind of be therapeutic. So I gotta put those two together. I gotta ask you because obviously you, you've actually seen a, a therapist. Um, what, what do you say about people who say things like that? Because in my idea, and only I, I haven't had an actual therapist, but I feel like um, it's probably more beneficial to have a, a, a therapist, like a professional therapist that don't have no, like no personal dealings with you because I think you can get the real things out. He don't agree with that though. He think that it could be therapeutic just to like have a conversation with me. But I think it don't work that way because at some point I may be biased to the point where I don't allow him to figure out what's really going on. So like from your standpoint, which one do you think is better? Like having a personal conversation or an actual therapist? I'm not going to say either one is, either one is better or, yeah. or works, right? Because everybody is different. Everybody responds to, 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 uh, to stressors and stim uh, stimulators uh, differently. And yeah. the one thing I will say is this, right? If you choose not to see a professional, you just talk to whoever, you know, about it. Like, like I said before, what's your plan behind that? What's your strategy behind that? Yeah. Because... If you go into a day and you know you're not feeling well, you know mentally, and you need to talk to somebody, and that person's not available, yeah. or you don't trust somebody else, I mean, it's, nice then stuff. you gotta have that process or a plan of how to deal with that when that person's not available. Yeah. So if you just go about it just like, eh, whatever, yeah. I, it might be helpful for that moment, but not gotcha. long term, you know. Man. And again, I'm not a professional, yeah. but just you know, from my experiences, that's how I feel about it. Right? Yeah, and that's it, dog, it's funny that you say that because I think that's part of the that's part of the overall solution that people overlook. Like, so you get the help, but then what do you do when that help isn't available? Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of people fall through the cracks. That's not that's not only with mental health, but that's like with addiction, and all kind of things. Real quick, and that's where a professional can help out, that, right? Because yeah. obviously they're not going to be with you, be able to you know available to you twenty four seven. Right. But they can train you and teach you methods and coping skills to deal with those things when the help isn't available. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, and 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 to Angry Man's point. That might be, you know, more beneficial to some people. You, know, you may not have to go in every week to see somebody. You may yeah. have to just go in once or twice. Right. You know, get you, you know, learn a couple of those different techniques, mm. and then you might be good. <laughs> get you know? a tune up. Yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, man. for sure. Methods, man. You know, it's like going to the gym. Yeah. You know? No doubt. That's, that's definitely a interesting way to look at it. So. I, I brought that up because like we we always had these conversations and I feel like I can't believe like and that's just me too I'm just like I can't believe you don't see it the way I'm seeing this shit you know some people are when we have conversations just always got to feel like people should understand but at the end of the day I think when when you kind of reinforce what he said I, I think I see his way a little more clear now 
I just I think when I be when I speak when I speak about stuff like that I think I be purely speaking from my point of view. Mm-hmm. So then it, so of course it makes sense to me because okay. you know what I'm saying because I'm like I'm telling I'm telling you you should definitely do that because I'm feeling like I should mm-hmm. but that don't necessarily make it good for you though you know what I'm saying. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That's the point because recently just this week you know had a little job interview and whatnot and. You know, it's that classic question, you know, what do you think is, you know, your top weakness or whatever? You know, what do you know that type of stuff, right? Yeah. And um, what, I, what I told these folks is, you know, basically what you just said, yeah. you know, I think my motivations, you know, should always be, you know, other folks' motivations, right? Like, oh, I'm pumped about this, this, and that. You know, why aren't they? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And then you realize, you sit back, you know, and that's where those high levels of, you know, uh, 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 emotional intelligence come into play, yeah. right? Well, then you realize that not everybody processes things like you. Not everybody thinks like you. Not everybody goes about things like you, right? Right. And, uh, and when I tell them about, you know, you get that truth about yourself, and I was talking to the therapist about this, and basically she just, like, she kind of checked me, like, dog, like, they don't feel that way, bro. Like, you need to get over this. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, that shit makes sense. <laughs> right. So they just don't think like you. So, okay, keep mm-hmm. it moving. You're right, yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. I mean, obviously she didn't say that shit like that, you know, but... You but know, that's how you interpret yeah, but that's it. That's how I interpret exactly. And that's how you needed to interpret right. it to make that change. And, and that's, that's it too. People interpret uh, things differently, right? True. You know, I may hear that and think, yeah, okay, bet. And somebody else may hear that and say, well, that's fucked up. I don't necessarily agree with that, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, 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 and I think that's vital because just because that person is a therapist, and that person is a professional, doesn't always make them right. You know, they, they, they can give you their opinion or their diagnosis or whatever, yeah. and it may not be right for you. Right. You know, it, it, it's, it's just like doctors. You know, we shop around with doctors, we shop around with dentists and things like that. True. You know, some folks are better than others, and some folks are more relatable to us. You know, so those yeah. are all factors that go into you know, is this helpful for me? You know, right. how, what am I going to do about this? Exactly. And, and I think I, I think both of those are important. Like you said, to to kind of be receptive to the feedback again, but also acknowledge the point that just because that scenario works for somebody, it may not work for you. I, I think those are important, and but also you you gotta you gotta you gotta practice some kind of restraint too, because I think a lot of people are automatically automatically questioning the the authenticity of the person that's giving them the you know the information. So. I mean, you got to at least go in open minded. You do got to realize that they could be wrong about it. Right. But you can't go in just like basically betting against them. Because no. like then that's defeating the purpose. But you know people that do that. They go to therapy trying to trying to prove the therapist that they're not right about what they're doing mm-hmm. or what they're saying. And, and you know, yeah. it, it, that's why I say it may not be one or two sessions. It may not be five or six. It, it may take know, a few. Yeah, it may take a few because, yeah. you know, that therapist may not come out right away and, and give you any type of insight at all. You know, it may be part of a longer process, you right. know, that they're building, they're building up to. So you got to have yeah. some patience, too, you know. Yeah. Now, yeah, like, with, with all that being said, obviously, like, you know how you need to approach it, like, to, you know, to get your evaluation and to hopefully cope with those situations. So now that we know, though, like, how important you think it is now and how early you think we should be providing that information to, like, you know, the youth? like to like our kids or our nieces and nephews like is it ever too soon to talk about the importance of mental health though you know what i mean like from from what you think i don't think it's ever too soon to talk about it yeah. i just think you know it, it matters how you phrase it right you know because you know whether you're talking to a six-year-old or a 10-year-old 14-year-old they're going to process things differently right you know so 
you know, I'm not a parent, you know, so I'm not going to try to give you advice to parents and stuff like that. You know, I'm just talking about from my everyday relationships, you know, and how I, you know, like for instance, when, I, when I'm at work, you know, and I have my, my direct reports and, and how I handle each of them, it, it, it's different. There, you know, it's six different personalities, right? Exactly. Imagine six different people. So I know this person has these motivators, right? You know, right. so I got to come at them from this angle. This person has these motivators. I got to come at them from a different angle, you know? Right. I think it's the same thing with mental health, man. Just, um, you, you really got it. Like, you really got to have a plan going into it, you know? Right. Like I said, you just can't show up and just like, all right, let's talk. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> that might, like I said, might be beneficial in the short term, right. you know, but for, for the, 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 the root cause, I don't think you get to that. Yeah. Just by being real casual about it, you know? And, and I think that's a, that's a tough question because like, for me, I, I think just, just answering that question, I think that I'm with you on that. I don't think that it's necessarily a, a, a too early point to kind of start introducing it. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, like you said, depending on, as you were talking about, like your direct reports or like your kids in general, it, you do have to figure out how you got to come at them. Like it is a, it is an everyday thing. And, and I think that what makes it even tougher, and I don't want to use this as an excuse by any means, but what makes it a little tougher is that these are conversations we never had as a kid. Right, yeah. So how are we supposed to know? I had a, that was funny. Um, uh, shout out to, uh, God, uh, I'm trying to remember what her, damn, I'm trying to remember what her Instagram name is. Uh, but her name, Dion. But uh, she posted this thing about, uh, she posted this thing about being a, you know, being a mother. So she got a couple of kids uh, getting ready to be teenagers now. And she was just talking about all the stuff that she had to deal with. And she just said, admittedly, as a mom, it's like, she's like, uh, like in, in real life, I still got an adolescent's like mindset too. So how am I supposed to teach like these, especially sons, like how to be like young adult men and like just dealing with some of those things. And it's funny because like, we are all kind of dealing with stuff for the first time. We understood how hard it was for the parents back in that day. But then I think we, we even further behind because not only were we behind from them, and it's stuff that we never understood. Those are things that we can't pass down on top of the new right. shit that's happening now. Mm -hmm. So like, we don't know how to have a conversation about, like let's, let's say for instance, just like uh, how we talk about mental health. We never had those kind of, like those kind of conversations because it was either you were sane or you was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like that was just the end of that. And you never had those conversations. So you bringing those in with you and now you got to teach these kids how not to be bullied. And you got to worry about social media. Like it's so much extra. I'm just like, at the end of the day, you, you trying to look out for your kids' mental health being yours not even together. And, and these are, are stigmas that ain't never been like it, properly addressed. And, and I, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the fundamental problems, you know, right, with mental health in the black community. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that, you know, no one knew to, to tell us about it, you know, and to be aware of it, things like that. Right. And I, I look at my parents, you know, when I was growing up, they were busy. They both worked. They had things going on. Right. You know, and I'm not saying white families don't have both parents working and things like that, but there's certain things that black families got to worry about that white families don't. Yeah. And when, when those things come up, it don't really leave a whole lot of time for what things that seem like extra. And in the black <laughs> right. community, like, that seems That's like extra. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, you're you right. Know, you got food on the table, you got clothes on your back, you got a roof up your head. Right. What the fuck else do you want? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But, and, and that's how I was raised, and I'm sure that's how you was raised yes. too, right? That's yeah. how all black families yeah. raised, because, for the most part. Because we do that out of necessity, right? Yeah. They're trying to teach us, teach us to, to survive because they know that it ain't, no, you know, ain't that yeah. nice out here, right? Man, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that part, that part right there, though. 
so many of us, I mean, myself included, and so many people I know, we have always been in survival mode. How do you how do you even make that click to go into actual living? Like we ain't never been worried about living. We've been worried about surviving, dog. And that's dog, those that switch of the word right there make the whole difference in your life. Like, have you been living or have you been surviving, right. bruh? Like the two words. Yeah, you know, I got to a point in my life where I realized, like, man, this shit, like, yeah, we, you know, 80, 85 years seems like a long time. When it's not, the big scheme of things, it's not even a drop in the bucket. It's not, it's, especially when you think that about 20 of those years, you completely fucked off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? All you're worried about yeah. is going, going to the party, going to the club, yeah. you know, finding little females or whatnot, you know, yeah, yeah. Just, so, so, like, legitimately, you know, though, legitimately, you can't really, I mean, you can experience some stuff, but you can't really experience a lot before you know, 18 or 19, not, like not a whole lot. So you figure that's 19 years gone right there. Mm-hmm. In between time, you're still trying to figure out shit till you about 30. So let's just say it take you 30 years to get shit in, into at least perspective. On a fast track. On a fast track, cause at 30 it don't even happen. Like shit, I'm still finding along. But, and, and I'm just saying, you spent 30 right there and in real life, you probably only go do about, like average probably about 70. Mm-hmm. So that means you got, Basically, forty years yes. to live. Do, yeah. I'm not trying to spend the the last forty like the first forty where I was surviving. Nah. But how do you how do you get that to click in your head though? Like that, I think that's the biggest question. How do you get that to click? And, 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 I, and I think that's where, and I, and I think that's the problem when you know white folks and black folks talk about rights, right? Mm-hmm. White folks always, you know, is man up, belly up to the bar, put yourself up by your bootstraps, type of shit, right? Um, when you're trying to eat today, you're thinking about today, you know, and, and you ain't thinking about tomorrow, man. And yeah, a lot of that goes to personal, you know, responsibility and motivation or something like that. Mm-hmm. But some of it, more than some, you know, uh, the, those contributors are environment, mm-hmm. you know, stressors you got going around you, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, if you, if you never had someone to teach you, you know, about mental health, about how to invest or whatnot. You don't know, you know, until you know that you don't know and you go find out, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, let, let's be quite honest, you know, yeah. there was a lot of shit that we didn't know we didn't know, you know? <laughs> now I didn't figure out until, you know, three or four years ago, like, damn, I could have been doing that shit for like the last 10 years, you know? And now, man, it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Just that, And that shit's regularly available to white folks. Yeah, like, it's regularly available. Yeah, you know, it, it must be something, man, in my bad. It must oh, be something, so like, that's got to be a hell of a feeling to know that, like, everything's available to you. You know, with, without, without, you know, with hardly any adversity. Yeah, yeah, white folks go through adversity, you know. But I'm saying comparatively from white folks to black folks, you know, yeah. whatever. It's... Said it must yeah, be nice. Yeah, that not, must be some good shit. You, you worry about getting in your car and, 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 and you're happy you got to work without being pulled over. Or, you know, right. The, the police, you know, hitting you upside your head and shit. Like, I worry about that. You worry about that. White folks don't worry about that shit. And this is some funny shit though. And this is kind of kind of on that on that tip. So when I was uh you know when I was in corporate America, and uh, corporate America. I know and anyway. I and I can say that now I was uh I was doing work for uh, General Motors and I remember when when the Blazer first came out. This is the funniest shit ever. So I'm in a I'm in a group you know all millennials because I'm the old head in that joint. But uh so it's me and like two other black girls and everybody else white right. Mm-hmm. Funniest shit ever. So the Blazer got. You know the keyless entry shit and okay. start without the key and everything. 
but they rigged it to where because so many so many people was like locking themselves out because like it, it, you could be so many feet away mm-hmm. and you could still kind of bust okay, up. Yeah. But then once you stop that boy, then if your key yeah, is somewhere, yeah. you can't start it. So they rigged it to where like if that happens, you got one start in it. It will start without the thing. So immediately, me and the black girl start laughing, right? So they like, what y'all laughing at? Funny as shit though, like this is when you know there's a real divide. The white people's like, I think that's a fantastic idea because I get locked out. So me and the black girls was like, they gonna steal your shit. <laughs> what you mean? Like if they know that you get it one start out of it, somebody gonna let you leave that car, they gonna bust it down and they out cause it's gonna start right up. Mm-hmm. And they was like, we never looked at it like that. And I was just like, that's when I realized there that's really is a divide. It's not in your environment. It's not in your environment. Cause immediately me and the two black girls just start laughing like, dog, they gonna get stole. <laughs> And I just, I can't believe that this many years into this whole American situation, that people don't see things for what they, well, I I guess, I can't say that they don't see them for what they are. I guess they just don't see it from my perspective. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to put it soft. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, So I took a new role at work. I went from the the corporate role and all that good stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, to to more of an operations role where, you know, I'm. It's basically in charge of shift work for people, right? Okay. And uh, at this, this particular facility, um, the associate population is probably say anywhere from 80 to 85 percent black. Okay. Um, I'm the only black manager in this building. Gotcha. You know, um, out of how many ever managers there are, 15 or 20 or whatever, you know, there's 2,000 people that work in this building, you know, right. some shit like that. Dude. And, you know, um, one of, the, one of the things that I expected to happen, but you know, it still amazes me. Some of those black associates come, they come up to me and they're like, you don't know how good it feels to see a black face and management <laughs> around here, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and yesterday, you know, the folks, they up there, they working their asses off trying to get, you know, stuff out and all that good stuff, you know? And so one of them stopped by, you know, um, it's like, hey, you mind if we play a little music or something like that? I'm sorry, like, you know, cool, you know, I'll hook up a little music. Yeah. And I put a little Zap and Roger and all and stuff like yeah. you know, some, some 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 black stuff, but but, you know, but not but the, not culturally you know, offensive. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. <laughs> and like everybody was digging it, you know, cats coming by on the high lows and shit. And the like, morale, the morale was up. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just just a little bit of something somebody that relates to them a bit, you know. Just, exactly. Yeah. Man, it, that that shit, you know. And I'm just you know, if you look at it on a bigger scale. Dude. When when somebody in a position of power relates to you a little bit and, and, and it caters to you a bit, it makes things seem hard. more attainable to you. And yeah. you get it, you know. So yeah. when, when things don't seem attainable to you, and when things are always trying, you know, to they try to keep stuff for you, keep knowledge from you, keep you from it. Like this whole stimulus thing, mm-hmm. twelve hundred dollars, right? right. Had people all pumped up about twelve hundred dollars. Like yeah, some people needed it. And I'm glad they got it. Yeah, Nothing's sure. wrong. <laughs> Hell yeah. But people should. <laughs> For as much money and you know, taxes and stuff like that we pay, and for as, as little money, or if any, that these corporations pay, and they're getting bailed out again, right. you know, it, it, it's, it's been proven time after time after time that trickle-down economics don't work. Right. Rich people get the money and they fucking keep it. That's it. That's, that's, that's what happens, yeah. you know. And, and they keep the secrets to stop you from getting it. <laughs> so, and that's why there's so many roadblocks in you know, certain communities to, you know, I don't even say not only to make money, but to, to, to get knowledge, you know. Right. Like, how is it possible that kids in high school in a black community don't even know what a bachelor is? 
Right. That should yeah. be part of your curriculum. Yeah, you, you know, should know. Yeah, you know, should know. That should be made available to you if you want to go to college. You know, right. it's like if you if you don't want to go to college and you want to go, you want to become a dancer and you want to become a welder. Like, you know, I'm not saying they have to train you, but information about how to become those things should be made available. And, yeah. and it's not in right. your life in the black community. Yeah. Whereas we saw, we was down there at, uh, at Winston's wedding, mm -hmm. right? And they got in this high school got a whole equine management like wing to this wow. high school about how to take care of horses. Yes, that These kids, 14, 15, 16, they set life. They, on, they got trained for life. For life. Yes. You know on campus, mean? yeah. Come on, man. Yes. Like, that that amazed me more than like cause even the obviously the football field the stadium was crazy. Come on. Yeah, they don't. But yeah, just the fact that you could you could build your whole career from high from your high school campus. Like so, that means like like on there was it was an actual place. So that means yeah. you get you get an actual work experience. Yeah. Like bro, and if people still don't understand the divide, and I know we probably straying away from uh, the, the mental health aspect of it, but, but it all plays. It kind of all play yeah. into it though. Yeah, hey, just that the and this is what I was gonna say earlier. Not only is it the things that is the things that we don't know about ourselves though, but it's the things that we've always thought were normal. Mm. Is what's crazy too though. Mm. Like the fact that me, you, and probably every person from an inner city though has probably said this a day in their life. If you ever spent any time outside of the city, where you've been, where it's been nighttime and you think that it's too quiet, <laughs> we think no. that that's not. We think that quiet is not normal. So we already got a problem. When my family moved out of the city, I was like 15, 16, whatever, however mm. old I was. And we moved from the east side of Detroit mm. to Ypsilanti, Michigan. Mm. And not like, you know, people think about, you know, Eastern Michigan or right. whatever. Not like talking about, talking yeah. about Ypsilanti, Kentucky. Yeah, I'm talking about like Ypsilanti time shit. Like right. Kentucky, like for real, like out of the city. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, at that time, it wasn't very many black faces, you know, right. out, out that way, man. And, yeah, it was just like, wow, dude, for real? Yeah. Like, damn, you know? Like, yeah. I didn't know shit happened like this, you know? Exactly. There was a lot of shit that was made available, available to me right away just yeah. because of where I was at at the time. Right. You know, it, which, you know, life ain't fair. I, I get that. But it really makes you see, you know, how the advantages some people have and the, and the disadvantages other people have to have to deal Certainly. with, you know? And a lot of times that's all we ask. All we ask is that you understand and yeah. yeah, recognize. Mm -hmm. that, that's all it is. Because obviously I know that no, at this point, no one generation can even fix it because we're talking about generations of things that's just went amok. But I, I think that at least acknowledging it, which some people do, and some people still have to be in the position to where they have to experience it themselves to even understand. Yeah. And I think we, uh, no, not not here, but on the uh, on the other podcast, me and Angry Man was talking about this because he went to Lakeland College, which is in uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And I think I told him that we had those similar experiences where you got you got white dudes on your team, like we we all became brothers, you know what I'm saying? Because we was all fighting for one, uh, you know, for one thing. But at the end of the day, it was it was always white kids that played with us who had literally not interacted with black people right. like their entire right. life. Yeah. And that's something that like they would have to admit to themselves, like, you know what? There is a discrepancy from from the way my granddaddy talk about y'all yeah. than how y'all really are. Cause it's it's kids from the uh, from the UP who literally no human contact with <laughs> black people, dog. Mm -hmm. It's nowhere it's nowhere on earth that you can be black and say that you've never had interaction with white people. I t I try when when people in some, in some fashion. So when people say when 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 people talk to me about about like that that whole discrepancy, I, I always bring up that argument. 
And I, I just think that like in real life, if we don't if we don't bridge that gap, that's go that's gonna always be a problem. I see this is a tough thing though. Cause we always talk about we always talk about solutions and bridging gaps and everything. And again, I don't wanna get too far into the whole racial thing. But we always the ones talking about the action. At what point <laughs> at what point is somebody else gonna take the action? We always trying to resolve issues though. At what point? I mean, like, I don't even know what's next. Like, do we do we just give up and just do our own thing, or do we force do we force like our counterpart's hand? Like, what do I don't know? That's probably like a never-ending argument, right there. I'm not sure what. Yeah, to do. that's always going to be a debate, man. Because you're going to have, like, like you said before, you know. Yes, we always talk about black folks, but black folks, you know, we just as diverse, if not. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. More diverse, you know, that. Any other group on this planet? I was gonna right? say right. Yeah. Um, because we are spread all across this planet. You know, you, you look at other races. Primarily, they originate from one area. Right. You look at us. We're all over the damn place. You know. Exactly. What I mean? um, my my point is this though, man. Like, it, the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. Right. At some point, you gotta stop investing because you're getting nothing back. Right. You know. So when you start getting nothing back, when you start running in the red, then it's time like, okay, this shit ain't working. I'm done with it. <laughs> right. You know, and do your own thing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and <laughs> that's why, yeah, I don't, I don't really fuck with the, the right wing conservative, you know, uh, Republicans and shit, right? Mm-hmm. But I also don't fuck with the far left, like the super left. liberal uh, uh, progressives too, yeah. right? Because they would. They, they, they slick, man. It's tricky as hell, right? Yeah. They say all this shit about equality and this and blah, 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 and that. And when it comes down to it, they really don't really want to fuck with you either. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> so, you know, just because white folks are democratic or they seem liberal, don't really mean they fuck with you. You right. know? For sure. Um, and who says who says that just because you're black, you got to be liberal? Exactly. You know, yeah, you can <laughs> you want to be, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm not hating on anybody. Whatever political stance you take, you know, it, it, that's your right to do it. Yeah. I may just, you know, agree or disagree with you, you know, but, you know, that's just my opinion. And yeah. day, to, to that person, they don't really give a fuck about my opinion, right? So exactly. Um, but, yeah, man, to get back on, on topic, we just need to stop at some point. And yeah. that's not saying that we just got to hate all white folks and like that, <laughs> you know. Right. But all these olive branches and these, t- these turn the other cheeks and everybody get along and it, yeah. yeah, that's cool when everybody gets along. But now I'm focusing on me. I'm focusing on us. Right. You know, I'm not trying to build some bridge, you know, between black folks and white folks. Yeah. And I'm at a point now in my life where I really don't give a fuck if that bridge is built or not. <laughs> right. You know, I want my, I want my own people to prosper. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, and that's not at the expense of somebody else. Just like yeah. white folks or, or Chinese folks or Korean folks or whatever, like how they want their people to prosper. That's that, that's dope. You should want your own folks to prosper. I got no problem with that. Right. When it comes to the expense of others and like in, in this state or this country where um, it, where it was really, 
Yes, I know in 2020, <laughs> no one has had a you know a black slave or anything like right, that. Right, right, right. But one thing that you know, white folks, you know, and I'm not gonna qualify to say some white folks. I'm just gonna say white folks. Some of y'all don't believe this, and that's you know who you are. You know, y'all can make that designation. <laughs> you know, but white folks, it, it, it's <laughs> it, it gets to a point where, hey, they don't want. Look, look at the protests in Lansing. Yes. Yeah, let's definitely look at it. You know, um, black dude, let's, let's say black dude gets pulled over, you know, by police, you know, he's asking why, you know, they say, you stop resisting, blah, blah, that type of shit, right? Right. They beat the shit out of white folks. Oh, you should just comply, listen to authority, blah, 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 blah. Right. But when that shit don't fit your narrative, then it's okay yeah. to go against authority, right? Right. Then it's okay to bring your motherfucking AR-15 on the steps of, of the uh, state capital. Right, yeah. Right? Then, that, that shit, why is that okay then? But not when old boy was defending his rights when he right. was in his car about to get beat up by the police. Exactly. You no, know, that's the shit that I want my white folks to recognize. And if, like, if, if they if they really don't at some point, then like I said, they don't. We they just don't. We gotta keep it moving, right? Yeah. Man, that's, and just just think about that. All that stuff that you just talked about, though, is things that that we deal with on the daily. And of course, that messes with your mental uh, capacity, though. And, I think that's overlooked too because I, again like you said before about PTSD I think people try to put that into a category where like oh you've been to war or you've had something traumatic like it depends on what that trauma is like the fact that just using that same example about uh, about black people getting pulled over and shit and like you know basically um, you know having their rights taken from them in comparison to a bunch of a bunch of white people with with armed white people mm -hmm. on the capital, you know, of, of Michigan, uh, up in Lansing, and, and protesting, like until until there's a difference, like because you can't really decipher the difference in that for some reason. Pe other people can't, we can, but other people can't. But like just knowing that difference is a part of our mental our mental issues. Like when it's hard for it. And, and I, I say I say this too. I'm guilty of saying it, and sometimes I, I guess I have to stop saying it. But there are a lot of black people and like a lot of younger black youth who do have a situation or some kind of like uh, an issue with authority. And I do think that that's a problem. But at the same time, it's like you also have to combine that with the fact that you have to look at what authority has been doing to us. So like it's like you can say like, cause, and I say it, and I swear I want to stop saying it, but like some some stuff happened. I was like, dog, people don't know how to uh, respect authority. <laughs> I hate saying it. I be in my heart, I feel like it's true, but then I look at it and just like, look at your experiences with authority, though. But, but I think that's where we draw the line, right? You can yeah. respect authority and still question authority. Exactly. That's right, our right, right. governmental process, right? Exactly, right. You, know, you can respect, you know, the system, the office, or whatever, yeah. and you can still have gripes and, and complaints or suggestions or whatever. For sure. You know, one is not mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? Uh, I got a story for you. Okay. So, with all the the, the corona and the COVID shit going on, you know, so yeah. that that drug, uh, I, I, I forget how to pronounce it. Yeah, so the, long, the long ass yeah. word, yeah. So that, that the one they trying to pass with no yeah. FDA. Yeah, the malaria drug that, yeah. that Trump is trying to pass, mm. that I guess in some cases has proven effective to treat malaria, you know, mm. and its symptoms. Um, you know, they, they were gonna test some things at Henry Ford Hospital, right, okay. in, in Detroit. Right. So obviously, you know, that raises some eyebrows just because of historical <laughs> context with, you know, testing things and black people, and black people. in this country. Period. You know, yeah. and so, 
right there, white folks should back off because there is historical context, you know. Yeah. So any black person that has a gripe, that is a legitimate gripe, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So I had, you know, uh, I saw this, you know, I was posting a little article and whatnot, and then, you know, you know, I had a couple, you know, white folks that that were friends with me on Facebook. They're not even more. <laughs> so they were friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you, you know, you, you get you get some. They they work in the industry and automatically think they're an expert by everything that happens in the industry, right? Of course. Of so there's one gentleman, you know, he comments, you know, I guess he's like some kind of medical supply sales tech or whatever, you know. It, Oh, this is common. That blah 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 blah. Yeah, you know that the testing procedures, and you know that that's the shit might might be common, but you can understand, or you should understand, or or uh, uh, look just look at the facts. You know, historically, you know, again, mm -hmm. of black people being basically guinea pigs in this country, right? Right. So they go on on about this. Then this uh, this white female, she chimes in, who is supposedly the super uh, super liberal little. Left leaning, you will see with Asian college too, but I won't say the names. All right, um, right. whatever. Yeah. And so you know, I'm just like, look, I don't need any white explaining nothing like that today. You know, whatever. <laughs> so I'm minding my own business, and maybe like an hour later, you know, my phone goes off. It's a text okay. from from this chick that I ain't talked to in like years. You know, yeah. we were always cool, I guess, but we never wasn't never like super friends or anything yeah. like that. And it's. Oh, like six or seven texts in a row about, oh, I can't what? believe you're talking to me like this, and blah, 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 blah. And how did I reply? Oh, poor little white girl. You did? Yes. Wow. I'll show you the text. Wow. You know, <laughs> poor little white girl, you know, just, like, this has nothing to do with you. Right. Like, at no point were we talking about you. Yeah. We're talking about them trying to test this drug on innocent people exactly. at Henry Ford Hospital, and somehow you flip this to be about me attacking you. Right. Like, which, so, more often than not, white, white folks do all the time. It's just, oh, now I'm the victim, right? Yeah. You know, now now you're coming after me. That's right. not cool. Yeah. Like, no, homie, no, no, no. I mean, but, it, but if she come at you like that, does that mean that, that she don't agree with how you feel about that? I don't, you know think, it, I don't think it's that. I it think it's more of like, the audacity of this mother, like, I'm, I'm a liberal. Yeah. I'm on your side, and you're attacking me. Yeah. You know, oh, oh, my God, you know, poor little white girl, you know, poor little white girl syndrome. You know, that could be a mental, you know. That could be a mental thing, too. Yeah, I guess, too, right? <laughs> poor little white girl syndrome. Duh, you know? that's, <laughs> but that, that's funny, though, and, and what's, what's crazy about that, like, I don't want to get all into politics, but what's crazy about that is people really, people really def divide themselves, and I, I will even use the other word I was go, go use, which was define. Uh, themselves by by political beliefs, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, like it's politics, bro. Like you know what? The, it's politics, dog. None of this, none of this is real life for real. No. All politics is just every, everything. Everything that we think is real is pretty much just uh, somebody else's imagination, and that's what that's exactly what politics is. Like I'm not gonna allow that to divide me. Like we may have some different beliefs whether those be based in politics or, or morals or whatever you want it to be. But at the end of the day, they're like, you can, and, and, I, and I think you're right about the, about the poor white girl syndrome because a lot of times people don't understand, people don't understand that because they don't agree with you that they don't like. Like, there's a difference, though. Like, we can debate on some shit and I don't want to kill you. Right. Just, like, I just don't I agree. Right, exactly, I don't agree. Like I don't know why that's so hard to like to understand, and and I said that I think you're right about the poor white girl syndrome shit. Uh, it's funny that we go, 
I think we're going to go ahead and coin that. I'm not sure if it's already out here. But, like, I think the reality of it is, is yes. Like, a lot of people do try to try to be a victim after the, like, after the fact. Like, nobody's, even though we should be, we honestly should be more aggressive, but we're not. Uh, so since we're not, we definitely don't need you to be trying to act like a victim when we've certainly been the victim for enough. And we, honestly, we don't cry victim enough, <laughs> Shit, to be honest. But anyway, I don't want to get uh, into that. But I, I think but just these conversations that we have right now and just the idea that this is still a situation weighs heavy on, on your mental capacity. Though. And like, I, I think that we take it. I think we take it for granted only because we've always seen like from the past generations is that you just you had to be tough because we were always in survival mode. And I think this gets back to what we was talking about before and just saying like what what can we do or what 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 has to happen in order for that to click out of survival mode into like just living. Just gotta fuck with each other, man. Yeah. You know, that's that's the first thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, Again, you're gonna have those folks that you know everything's rosy and rainbows and all that stuff. You know, we yeah. all should be together. Yeah, but before all that can happen, we gotta fuck with each other, and, True. and, and, and that's really what it really comes down to, man. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not talking about like who you date and who you marry. You know, be with whoever you want to be with. That's yeah. cool. But at the end of the day, just realize who you are. Yeah. And when you say that, you're talking about like the building part of it just yeah. like the, the structure right, right yeah definitely yeah. yeah it don't matter like who you with it's just like are you building from within like and this is a question we go we gonna end it off after this but just piggybacking off of that um about us having to work together do you think like at this point because this is like i don't want to put this like i don't want to put this uh this burden on on people who have you know become successful but at the end of the day i just wonder like do you feel like it's too many black people that's got a lot of money and a lot of power for us not to be really making a push in some direction. Cause I don't want to put all the pressure on them, but you figure when you got a few black like million and billionaires, it seemed like we should have more of an impression on something. So I would say, yeah, there definitely is that, but I honestly think it's the outlier, right? Yeah. yeah I, I think there's some rich black folks out there that don't really give a fuck about other black folks yet. Right. I don't think that's the norm though, man. I think okay. in some way, shape or form, you know, whether um, it's a donation to a charity or, and, mm -hmm. you know, what that charity is and how they operate, or, <laughs> right. that's another discussion. That's a whole other yeah. thing. But, you know, I think there's, I think there's, there's ways that, you know, rich black folks can, can, can help, you know, non-rich black folks or whatever, you know, kind of mm -hmm. advance and be, be successful to whatever they define successful being, right? Right. Um, I guess my issue with, with, with that is, I think too often we are worried about, I don't, I don't want to say losing that wealth, but all too often we're worried about, worried about you know, I'm not going to say we, but I think my opinion is mm -hmm. rich black folks are too, too worried about losing whatever connections or relationships they have with white folks right. if they become that pro-black, you know, and I'm not saying yeah. you got to be like Dave Chappelle from Undercover <laughs> Brothers. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it might be a young, you know, right. brother or sister that, you know, is having some trouble and you kind of mentor them or something like that. Yeah. They really got to be in money at some point. Right. But you give them the knowledge to kind of, you know, help them succeed, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that's more or less what a lot of rich black folks try to maybe not, you know, do, you know, ex Execution may be lacking, right? <laughs> right. Intention is there, I think. Right. I think it, Execution might just be trash. And, and, and uh, again, I got to go back to the whole, you know, 
being conditioned and you know years and years and years or centuries I should say really right. of being second class citizens supposedly. Yeah. Um, I think that's that is ingrained like a almost like a you know in muscle memory you do things what I even think about it you just yeah. do it right. So after so many years of that, I, I, just, I just think like that's almost like a like a like a reflex, you know, like you know, kind of a, <laughs> a reflex. Of like, right. And, yeah. yeah, you know, we're they're trying to support. Let's let's say you know people like like you and me, right? That mm -hmm. are successful men, you know, got degrees and things like that. But we may be considered a little rough around the edges in some things for corporate America. Right, no doubt. And so for a rich black person to come to reach out to one of us, that might be a huge reach for them. Yeah. And then they're thinking, oh, well, this person, they don't fit in here, and blah, blah, blah. Again, that's all part of this condition and conditioning and the yeah. system and whatnot. But, um, so then we end up missing out. Yeah. And then, and then we start talking shit. Right. <laughs> so, you know, even at work, you know, I had some new folks come in, you know, and um, I went in and talked to them and welcomed them and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, so who are you? And I was like, oh, I'm you know, the operations manager and blah, blah, blah. Oh, so you work for Monica? I said, no, Monica works for me. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, well, okay. You know, like that. Right. Like, they don't want to say it, but they're saying it. You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> right. You don't really look like what I, I thought the boss would look like. You exactly, know I mean? right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that shit too. Like we, we almost, we're not trusting of, uh, of successful blacks. I, I think too. You know what I mean? I think Man. it has like because because you wonder what they did to get to that position. Man, that's a whole nother you know conversation. Yes, dude. Yeah. So yeah. you can be successful. Whatever. Again, I don't. I'm not trying to define what success is. Right. right? But you can be your ideal successful. You know what I mean? And still keep your personality and your identity. It's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we got to code switch because that's the world we're in, right? But overall, yeah, unfortunately. But overall, I'm gonna be who I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if it's not cool with that company, then yeah, we gotta part ways. Like, you know? <laughs> right. So that's, yeah. that's what it is. Duh, for sure. I, I just, it's man, it, it's a lot to deal with. Yeah. And you just figure, and it's just like to tie it all together because we can already get out of here, man. I definitely enjoyed this conversation, though. It probably could go on for hours. Yeah, could. But I, I think what, what even ties it back, though, is all the stuff that we just talked about. Like, all of those setbacks, all the things that we, we have to endure now that we didn't have to endure before. Um, these three brothers got through all of that and, and created something that I'm... That's a that, legacy. That's, that's a legacy, bro. Nobody can take that from them. Yes, that's a legacy. I, that, like, this is not just, this is not just a, a liquor or, you know, or, or a bourbon. This, this is a distillery. Like, this is, you are, you're not only producing a product, but you have the housing to produce the, the product. And this is what I talked about so much in last season was just about how these distilleries started in the 17, 1800s and are still around to this day. Like these dudes just made a whole legacy for their entire family. And I think that shit is just super dope. Yeah. I'm glad we was able to do this for the first episode for real because I think this is going to set the tone for the whole season. And uh, when we get to the end, I'm sure we uh, we going to rate all these again like we did last season. And um, I'm there it's going to be hard to beat, though. It is. It's, it's going to be hard to beat. Um, this this will probably be close. And I, yeah. I, I hate calling it early because we got so many to go. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. This definitely is it, it's it's nice. for the top five. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, but just to, just to round it off, though, and to uh, kind of end on, you know, on the finalization of what we was talking about today. Again, uh, salute to the Bro Brothers, man. Uh, definitely 
Uh, salute to the artwork too. I think we talked about yeah, that off dope. camera. I like that. The artwork is, is yeah. hella dope. And make sure that y'all go to uh, their IG, which is uh, Bro Brothers. That's uh, B R O U G H uh, Brothers. And that's at uh, Instagram. Make sure you check out their Instagram because uh, it's, a, it's a dope joint and you'll see the content on there is pretty fly as well. Um, so shout out to them for getting yeah, that accomplished. It's just affordable. Like, even if you don't really, you know, mess with bourbon or liquor for that matter, yeah. you know, just give them a follow or a like or share, you know, share what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? It's that easy Man. to support a black business. Simple. You know? Like if you just, if you, even if you don't share it, like the way the algorithms work, if you like it, then it'll start showing up for people that know you. So exactly. like, just exactly. hook them up with the algorithm. Let more people, if you don't want it, let more people come to their site and make sure you check them out because it's definitely, uh, definitely dope. But um, just to end off uh, today's episode, you know, basically your, your final words on the importance of, uh, of mental health. And like, I guess at this point, um, I want to know what what did you, what, what will you pass on about mental health now that you've actually become hip to it? Like, what would you pass on to uh, like, like a son, daughter, niece, or nephew? Like, what information would you pass on to them? Something that you wish you'd have like known about mental health? So number one, recognize your stressors, right? Recognize the things that that, that get you off your center, that remove you from the person that, that you are, right? Yeah. And when you rec and, and, and it's cool to have those, everyone does. And right. when you recognize those, have a system in place to deal with. You know, whether you know you go talk to somebody, whether you know you take a walk in the park or whatever it is, you know, just just be ready to have a plan, have a system in place to deal with whatever stressors you're having, because they're they're gonna happen, they're gonna come, right? For sure. You know, and um, and speed. Ready for a lot of honesty. <laughs> right. You're going to figure out something about yourself that you don't like. For sure. But then that, that's who you are. You know, we just have to deal with it. For sure. You know? And I, I definitely agree with that, Don. Just to, uh, just to, to round it out, to, uh, to end off the show. Um, I, see, we, we've been in agreement on everything about this. And I think that it took... Right, for a change, right? And it took it took years to get to this point though. I mean, obviously in my in my teens or twenties, I never would have been an advocate for uh for therapy or something. I've been like, dog, that's soft, like you we can say or or that's or that's white that's white people shit. You know what I'm saying? I think for me, um something that I've learned and I haven't learned professionally, um, but just learned and trying to get in tune with myself, um, what I would pass on to uh like my, my next generation well, basically just to be to be open to the idea because i think we we weren't even given that option to be open with that whole idea of you've got mental challenges you know what i'm saying like we never was even open to it so i would at least want to start there um that's a that's a tough spot because like when you open that up like a, a lot of things can be confusing that whole thing so that, that's a that's a, a thing you know a thing to surmount but at the end of the day i think that just to 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 let them know to let your kids know that there there is and the same importance on your mental health as it is your physical health i think that's definitely, what yeah. that's i would definitely pass that down and to and to be okay and, and this is where it's a, it's a borderline <laughs> but to be okay to to talk about those feelings i don't want you to go overboard especially if you do like relax but i'm just saying like be comfortable at least acknowledging those feelings and being able to 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 talk through them because a lot of times like you will find out that the feelings that you having, they make sense to you, but in the grand scheme of your mental health, they don't make no sense at all. So sometimes you have to you have to address those things and, and get to that early. So I think that's what I would pass down. It's just to acknowledge that option of expressing your you know, expressing your feelings. Dog, this uh this has been a dope episode, dog. This is a definitely discussion, man. Yeah, definitely a dope discussion. We might have to do a right. second one on this, man. Right. 
<laughs> Dog, for sure. But to the next time, man, the Bro Brothers, man, check them out for sure. Check them out. Uh, to the next time, though, man, make sure you check us out on YouTube, man. Subscribe so you can check us out every time that we go live. But uh, you know what it is. We got my man Bo in the building. That's right. And of course, man, it's your boy Q Lewis holding it down live from the 48205, man. Beers, bourbon, whiskey. You gotta love it. <laughs> Peace out, y'all. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer.